0: I want to tell as many people as possible that they have the ability to heal. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care. If you feel like you're so depressed that you're a lost cause, that is just an old belief, your subconscious mind trying to keep you where you're at right now. Why is it so damn hard to change? Honestly, we all know it's difficult when you make changes in your life. Whether it's, you know, changing a habit, changing a mental illness, a state of mind, it's always so difficult trying something new. It's difficult. But why? And I've i been there. I've been trying to overcome my mental illness. I've had PTSD, depression, anxiety for years. And it was always hard. And a lot of times I gave up. And I truly believe that the reason why it's so hard for us to change is because we don't understand why. We don't understand the mechanics of it. What is going on in our mind and our bodies that makes it so hard to change? Why does it get worse before it gets better? And I feel like because a lot of us don't know why, we always give up when it gets hard. And we feel like we're going insane. And that is... My goal in life is to teach people how the mind works, how the body works, how this thing called life works. Well, not everything. You know, I'm not an expert in everything, but learning about limiting beliefs, how the subconscious mind works, how the body works when you're trying to change, because that is what helped me overcome my depression, my anxiety, and my PTSD, just understanding what was happening. And at a very young age, I was told I was diagnosed with depression. And I was told that since it was hereditary, that I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. Who says that to a 12, 12 year old? Oh, suck it up. That's what I, that's how I took it. I'm going to have this thing. I'm going to be depressed for the rest of my life. There's nothing I can do about it because it's hereditary. And I know there are some of you out there who feel the same way, who've been told the same thing. It's genetic. So you have you have depression or you have anxiety and you have to find find a way to cope with it. I am fucking unavailable for that. No way. I can tell you right now that I am not depressed. I'm happy and I am not on any medication because I learned what happens during the process of healing. I learned how the mind works. I learned how the body reacts. I learned about limiting beliefs. I learned about energy healing. I learned about, oh my gosh, so many things. Useless stuff too, if you want to know it. But I believe that is what helped me overcome years and years and years and years worth of anxiety, depression, and then my PTSD. I have always been fascinated with human behavior. And I've always been fascinated with how everything works. If I don't understand something, I'm going to figure it out. I've always been the type of person, if you tell me to do something and I don't understand why I'm doing it or the benefits of it, and maybe not the benefits, but the mechanics of why I'm doing it, I'm not going to understand it. I'm going to get confused and I'm not going to, I just, I don't want to do it. And I've been that way for my whole life. When I was in law enforcement, they tell you, oh, we have to say this on the radio and this, this, this. I'm like, but why? Like, I understand why I'm telling dispatch to do something, but why am I doing it? And I just like, my brain just didn't understand it where I had to go up to dispatch. And ask them a bunch of questions. Okay, when I'm saying this, what what are you guys doing behind the scenes to do that? Oh, I'm looking for this, blah, blah, blah. And it helped me understand what they were doing behind the scenes from the information that I was giving them. And I don't know if that's a dyslexic thing, I am dyslexic, or that's a Samantha thing, I just need to visualize it. And that's what helped me. I guess I should introduce myself really quick. (laughs) I am Samantha. I am a holistic practitioner and a mindset coach, and it is my mission, my soul's mission, my passion to teach you everything about the mind, the body, energy, all that other stuff to help you level up your life and become the best version of yourself. How I got into human behavior and different cultures was really from Indiana Jones, honestly. (laughs) And watching Xena and Hercules just because of their, of the culture. Well, not with Indiana Jones, but I love the 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 history with indiana jones how it was bringing up different artifacts and the stories behind it behind it and i wanted to be an archaeologist i wanted to learn about different cultures and xena it was like with the gods and everything i was like whoa what is this where did this come from is this real it's like oh yeah that's like ancient greece and ancient rome and all that other stuff and they they had gods multiple gods i was like whoa that's fascinating and that is what got me so interested in different cultures because I love seeing how different cultures viewed the world, especially during, you know, ancient times years and years ago where they weren't really interacting with one another. At least we don't believe they were interacting with one another, but they still had the same idea about life. Their gods or their stories might be a little bit different, but the main story was the same, the main purpose of how everything around them worked. And I was just like fascinated. I love hearing the stories. I think I loved hearing about how everybody interpreted the world around them. That was very fascinating to me. When I went to school, I was going to be an archaeologist. Uh, my professor crushed my heart and soul and said that archaeology has nothing to do with Anna, Indiana Jones. And if this is what you were here for, then this isn't the career for you. I was crushed. But I quickly learned that I can do a little bit of everything, still learn cultures and get an anthropology degree. But I was also really interested in criminal behavior and the, the deviant mind. And so I got, uh, two majors in anthropology and criminology. And gosh, like nature versus nurture always fascinated me. Like, are we born this way or is our, or does our environment create who we are? And after researching, I think I read so many different uh serial killer so many books on criminals I read a memoir of different criminals serial killers and how they had two separate lives and they were able to have a family and then hide behind um or they were able to get away with murder and become a serial killer and then when you know, you find out that they were a serial killer, people are like, I had no idea he was the nicest guy. Warning sign number one, if someone is too nice and too welcoming and like always wanting to help you, it is a warning sign in my book, okay? <laughs> Stranger danger, get the fuck out of there. But that always fascinated me how, how they can do that and how they can trick people and just fool them. I'm getting on a tangent, but I'm very passionate about it. But that the nature versus nurture, I just, I couldn't, it didn't make sense to me that they were separate. To me, they were together. You could be born as a serial killer or, or hold on, let me go back. You could have the genes to become a serial killer. You could have the genes to have um, a certain cancer, a certain disease, but your environment activates it based on how you were raised, your beliefs, um, where you loved and all that other stuff. That is what fascinated me the most. You can have, and they did this with twins all the time. They would take twins and put them in different environments and see what happens. Identical twins, especially with the anti-personality disorder. That is the main one known for psychopaths, serial killers, because they don't have empathy. So those kids Who were born in a not so great environment would turn out to get, turn out and be criminals of any kind, murderers, or they would just be lifelong criminals. And the ones that were in a a good environment, a loving home, they became CEOs, businessmen, lawyers, and you know, they had a very enjoyable life, still couldn't feel empathy, but they weren't really committing crimes in the deviant way. So I I decided that I wanted to pursue this and I ended up getting becoming a police officer because I wanted to become a criminal profile and, you know, fight crime that way. Being a police officer, you are interacting with people on the worst day of their lives. And I interacted with a lot of people who were just having a mental breakdown and they just like were having this outrageous reaction. And once we finally got them calmed down, it was either, Oh, um, I, I have depression. Oh, I have anxiety. I get panic attacks sometimes. I need to increase my medication or my medication just changed. I'm like, okay. Interesting. Like noted it, but as. I was going more and more on these calls. They started talking to people. I'm like, "Are you are you just taking the medication, or are you talking with someone?" They're like, "Oh, I see a therapist once a week." I'm like, "Okay, uh, like, what do you like? What do you do?" It's like, "Oh, we just talk about things." Okay, well, are you doing anything outside of therapy? No. Now I have nothing against therapists. I don't. I feel like a lot of people need a safe place to open up and talk about their trauma. I am a firm believer of that. But I feel like on the the person who is struggling on their side, talking to someone once a week does nothing for them. And them not, and I feel like, I guess from personal experience as well, you rely too much on another person for your healing. And you don't realize that you have the ability to heal yourself. Is it easy? No. Is it possible? Absolutely. So this kind of like made me question the brain once again. (laughs) How why do people start freaking out when they're on the medication that's supposed to help them? But it's like they're not, they're not getting any better or they're getting worse. How does that how does that make any sense? So then I started researching more about the subconscious mind and how the subconscious mind is going to fight with (laughs) you, is going to fight with you when you start making changes just because we have conditioned the subconscious mind to think certain ways about the world to protect us. And whenever we go against it. It freaks out and it tries to bring you back into this state that you were in. So, if you were in a depression state, pre- depression, yeah, depression state, it's going to do everything in its power to keep you there because it thinks that there's something wrong with you if you go outside that state. It'll create more intense motion- emotions of depression, might bring anxiety. It will have depression related thoughts saying, you can't do this, you're not good enough. And it might even bring back memories from your past to bring you back into that state. And that was fascinating to me. Now, at the time in my personal life, like I said, I had depression, I had anxiety, and I had PTSD. I had unresolved trauma from my childhood. I was abused. And then like growing up, I would just find myself in, in situations of feeling like I'm a victim. And it wasn't until I was 23 three years old where I got into a situation That changed my life completely. It changed my, my mindset. I had some sort of epiphany that if I continue to act like a victim or identify as a victim, the world is going to bring situations and people to make sure I still feel like a victim. And I was like, Oh shit. Well, I don't, I don't want any of that. (laughs) So I made a decision to tell myself that I was a warrior. I didn't really resonate with survivor. To me, personally, it felt like a fancy word for victim. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be a warrior. And that changed my life completely. I lost tons of weight. Whenever I told myself I couldn't do something, I would do it. It was like I was trying to prove to myself that I can overcome anything. The only issue with that is I still wasn't healing for my trauma. Every time I had emotions, I didn't handle them properly. I would lash out. I was mean. I was angry. I would suppress. I had really, I had awful relationships. We didn't treat each other well. And, you know, it was just it was like the, the cycle just kept continuing. But I was like, no, I, I can't feel this way. I'm a warrior. So I was denying my feelings. And I wasn't healing from my past. So then in 2018 was a rough year for me because I'm bringing in the trauma from my past and I'm also a police officer. And being a police officer has its own traumas. You see things that normal people don't see. You have to interact with people on the worst days. You, it, It's just a lot. And on top of that, you can't be vulnerable. You, you're, You sign up for this job. It's more like a suck it up buttercup. So it was hard for me to talk to some of my coworkers about some of the things that affected me and I was uh, there at the time there weren't a lot of women in law enforcement and I was the only I was one of um, one other there was another female but I'm in a male dominated field I can't let things bother me because I don't want people to think that I'm weak so I also had that to to deal with and so Everything was just bottling up and then I couldn't suppress anything anymore. I, I was extremely depressed. I was crying constantly and I never cried. I was very numb. Like nothing bothered me and I was crying and I was so depressed. I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. And I remember around this time, 2018, it was the summer of 2018, I started to plan how to take my life. And as I'm planning this, I snapped out of it. It scared the shit out of me because I was worried about the resale value of my house. All right, when I'm dead, how are my parents going to sell this house? I want them to get as much money from this. And since I pushed too many people away, I isolated myself that people wouldn't really find me for a couple of days. So I had to worry about the smell and everything. And that's that's fucked up. And I'm sorry if that was a little too much for you guys, but that was the real my reality. And I snapped out of it. It scared the shit out of me. So I started to get better. I don't really like medication, but I was like, okay, let's do this. I went to the doctor, gave me medication, and he's like, oh, it may cause a little bit of drowsiness. A little bit of drowsiness, my ass. I slept for 16 hours. And I'm like, I can't take this. I'm a, I am ai am a patrol officer. I cannot sleep. This does not work with me. I went and I made an appointment with a therapist who didn't show up. I waited 15 minutes. She didn't show up. really pissed me off and did not make me like therapists very much I was totally against them I was like that's it you're done um because especially when she knew what I was going through like you didn't give me a phone call anyways okay we're moving past it it felt like the world was working against me I was trying to get better but it's like I have the medication. It's going to make me feel better. Of course it's going to make me feel better. I'm going to sleep. I won't know my problems if I'm sleeping. And then if I want to talk to someone, that person doesn't even want to talk to me. They don't, they don't value me enough to let me know that they're running late or, um, communicate me with me in that way to show up. So I used my best friend Google and I, I just Googled you know, natural ways to overcome PTSD, depression, and Reiki came up. I was like, oh my gosh, sold. Okay. So I don't have to do anything. I can just lay on the table and it will take care of all my problems. So I, I, I found one Reiki practitioner I really wanted to work with. I loved, I loved everything she wrote about Reiki. I really liked her vibe, her energy. I know that sounds silly like on the website, but I, I don't know. I felt like a pull to her called her to make an appointment, she didn't answer, emailed her, didn't answer. I waited a couple of days. Now, I didn't know she was actually on vacation, but I was like, "Okay, well, I need to get better now." So, I made an appointment with with another Reiki practitioner, and it was probably the worst experience ever because I I show up and it's at her house. And I I walk in and there is her husband in the kitchen, and he's like, "Oh, she's running late." All right. So, Here I am, depressed, having thoughts of suicide, hating the world. And I have to make conversation with this, this stranger. And I didn't. It was uncomfortable. I sat in silence. And what is he going to say? How are you doing? My eyes were puffy from continuing to cry. Like I was constantly crying. So what's going on? No, don't talk to me. So we go upstairs in a room and then I see her daughter in the bedroom that we passed. And I was just uncomfortable. I didn't want to be there. And she was just like, lay on the table. And I did. She didn't explain to me what Reiki is, what I'll experience or anything like that, what was going to happen. And then when she was done, she's like, okay, you're done. And I felt violated is the perfect word. So I got in my car and I started crying. I'm like... I'm trying to get better. <laughs> Help me. Eventually, the Reiki practitioner that I first contacted, she contacted me. and She's like, hey, sorry, I was on vacation. I was like, okay, awesome. Thank you so much. You're absolutely amazing. But the thing that I did learn about the first Reiki um, appointment is that I will never have my business at my house. Having it at a neutral spot is the best. So I go and I I meet with this Reiki practitioner and we sit down and she's like, we're all right, let's talk. What's going on? And I just unleashed the floodgates. I'm crying. I don't even think I was making any sense. I think she could just pick out a couple of words I was saying. She's like, it's okay. It's okay. She explained Reiki to me. And then we we went ahead, got the Reiki done. And that was the first time I felt at peace. I felt at peace, I felt weightless, and I was just like, I cried because this is the first time in as long as I can remember, I felt fantastic. It was great. So I saw her every every two weeks, but again, my logical mind didn't understand why this worked. It was almost like trying to talk me out of this. This doesn't work. No, you're crazy. No, this is just all placebo. This is all in your head. And Even though I was researching it, it was like I was battling my mind over if this was real or not. And this later I found out during more research is just my subconscious mind trying to keep me in that state. No, this doesn't work. No, you're dumb. You don't you don't know. And also, I was feeling worse before I got better. I was crying at work. I would randomly cry in front of my coworkers, which was embarrassing. I would get triggered. I had so many negative thoughts. And that was just, again, I didn't know at the time was just my subconscious mind trying to keep me in that state. I did overcome it. I, I felt my feelings and then I learned how to change my, my mindset and I felt fantastic. I started learning more about the subconscious mind because it was just, it, it was just so, I just boggled my mind that My own mind and body would fight with me when all I'm doing is trying to get better, trying to make it feel better. And so I went down this rabbit hole of studying the subconscious mind and studying energy work and manifestation, limiting beliefs. Like I studied everything. I kept going down this this rabbit hole. And in 2021, I ended up, yeah, 2021, the beginning of 2021, I ended up starting my own business and well let's rewind a little bit the end of 2020 i ended up leaving the force i i left being a i left law enforcement it just it wasn't it just i grew out of it that's the only word that i can describe it just wasn't for me anymore And I wanted to be, when I became a police officer, I wanted to be a criminal profiler. That was my dream. And as I was going through the process and learning about, you know, mental health, how the mind works, the subconscious mind, going through my own trauma and overcoming my mental illness and my PTSD, things were kind of changing. I was like, oh, I really want to be a therapist. I really want to really have people take their life into their own hands because that is what the Reiki practitioner did for me. She's like, you have the ability to do this. Here are the tools. You got this. And I really liked it because I felt like I was in control. This is my life. I'm in control. I wasn't relying on her to help me. I mean, yeah, with the Reiki, absolutely. I, I I loved it. That that was gold. But she's like, "All right, now this is what you need to do to keep on healing." And I absolutely loved that. And that's what I wanted to do when I started my own psychology practice or become a therapist. But then I was like, "Well, if I wanted to do this, I have to get my My PhD, I already had a master's in forensic psychology and that was going to be, I don't know, a billion dollars and I already have student loans and I would have to maybe two years of school, maybe three, I have to do an internship and who knows how long it would take and then I have to take a test and I have to do all this stuff, you know, and I would have to stay in law enforcement because I couldn't just quit my job and just focus on school. And law enforcement, I, again, I was just, I was grown out of it. I just didn't like it anymore. And I I love the people that I worked with and it, it was fun, but it's just, it was that feeling like this just doesn't, this isn't my calling anymore. So I decided, all right, fuck it. I'm going to start my own, um, Reiki, my holistic healing business. And that's what I did in early 2021, Probably the best decision that I made. But when you start a business, you uncover a lot of limiting beliefs. You have a lot of doubts. So I was constantly working on them. I knew how to overcome them, how to change them. And then in May of 2021, I was at the store and I saw one of the men who attacked me as a kid. I have dreamed about this moment for years. I'm not going to say that I would kill him. But definitely to the point where I, I would hurt him very badly because he was the one who just, just uh, destroyed my life. He made my life hell. Like I, at a, at a young age, this happened to me and I was in survival mode and it was something that haunted me. And I just recently overcome or overcame in 2018. Finally. And I, that was, I was in my 30s, early 30s, I think 30, 31. 31. I was 31 at the time. And what I did instead was I froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I was terrified. Now, this brought up a a whole bunch of different emotions. First of all, all the emotions that and the trauma that I thought I already resolved came up. So there was more that I didn't realize I had that was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to come up and take over again, the old version of myself. So there was that. And then there was also, I am a trained police officer. I was a police officer for five years. I am trained not to freeze. And here I am, frozen. And I'm not trained to do that. And it bothered me that this man had so much power over me still, after all these years, even after all my training. And the next couple of weeks, I spiraled. I was hating myself. I felt like I was pathetic. Like I, I was trained not to do this. I was trained. I'm a police officer. This shit should not bother me. And then I was dealing with the trauma that I didn't resolve that I thought I did. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm broken. No one will want to be with me. And then all the emotions behind it. Then. Again, this happened for a couple of weeks, a few weeks, and then I snapped out of it. And I realized that this is just what the subconscious mind is doing to keep me in this state, to pull me back to the old version of myself. And that is what I needed to tell myself and needed to know as I continue forward. So whenever the subconscious mind would bring up thoughts of I'm unlovable, I'm not good enough, I would flip it, I would change it. No, I am good enough, I am lovable. Even if I didn't believe it, I still said it. Because again, I knew what the subconscious mind was saying. And if I didn't believe it, but like subconscious mind, you're being stupid, like let it go. The emotions, they were getting stronger and stronger and more intense where I felt like, there was a war going on in, in my head, in my body that nobody knew. Nobody knew. It was like I was trying to keep my composure, but at the same time, I'm battling the emotion, I'm battling the thought, and it's just the subconscious mind. But since I was feeling this stream emotion of shame, guilt, anger, um, embarrassment, all, all kinds of stuff, I didn't know how to act around people. I I was very guarded. I was pushing people away. I was self sabotaging. I, I was mean. I was just angry. And it's just because when you feel that shame, you want it, it's uncomfortable. You want to run away. You want people to stay away from you. You just, oh, I I don't know how to explain it. But um, if you ever experienced shame? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I don't know, I, I was just has, having this battle. And there were so many times that I wanted to give into it because I wanted to stop it. And there was a few times I did and I spiraled in. I would drink so I can suppress my emotions. You know, I did that twice. But over time, it was getting easier and easier. So by the end of the year, I felt free. I felt lighter. I became this new person. I, I felt like I was lovable and I believed it. And I even looked back in my life the last couple years, and I did notice that there were some things that I was doing that my trauma was kind of peeking its head out in like different areas of my life. I couldn't be vulnerable. Vulnerability has always been something I've struggled with. And vulnerability is just not fun because I spent my entire life trying not to be vulnerable because when I was vulnerable, I got hurt. So being vulnerable is my I self sabotage, I run away, I do very nasty things not to be vulnerable. And I noticed, okay, yeah, I I was afraid to be more vulnerable in relationships, I was afraid to be more open. And so I worked on that. It's like I reevaluated the last couple of years, and I changed it. And I started believing started to write a list of the the person that I wanted to be. And I started becoming that person. So I did believe that I was lovable. I felt empowered. I had my power back. And then the thing that is amazing is I felt, I felt free. And I felt like I can do anything. I felt unstoppable. And that's what I want to do for you. I want you to know that you have the ability to overcome anything in your life. I want to teach you how everything works so you can take your life into your own hands. And that is the purpose of this podcast. I'm going to teach you everything that I know that will help you. And help you understand the science behind it. So we're going to talk about energy. We're going to talk about energy healing, Reiki, body code. We'll talk about manifestation, law of attraction, law of assumption, vibration, how the subconscious mind works, how the body works when you change, like all kinds of things, how to change limiting beliefs, what are limiting beliefs. I want to be your biggest cheerleader. I am going to be your biggest cheerleader. And I'm going to be your mindset coach. And all you have to do is know, is knowing this information, it's still, when you go through the healing process, it still sucks. It's not, it's not fun. But when you understand why it's not fun and what your subconscious mind does, it becomes a little easier. It doesn't allow you to give up. You're like, okay, this is just my subconscious mind freaking out. I can do this. And I want you to have control of your life. And that's why we'll learn about mindset. We'll learn about law of attraction, law of assumption. We're going to learn all of that because I have a lot of things that I've learned. Again, useless or not, I have a lot of things I've learned. And I just want to tell as many people as possible. I want to tell as many people as possible that they have the ability to heal. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care. It is just an excuse. If you feel like you're so depressed that you're a lost cause, that is just an old belief, your subconscious mind trying to keep you where you're at right now. Honestly. And I felt like I was a lost cause. I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. I was told at a young age that I was going to be depressed for the rest of my life because that is, because that was genetics, And here I am. I am the happiest I've been in years. I'm not on any medication whenever I do have hiccups in my life because I'm not perfect. You're still I'm still going to go through things in life, but I know how to handle them. It's like video games. Once you acquire some skills, you get the hang of it and then you're good for a while and then something else happens. You get to a boss that might be a little difficult. So you might learn new things or you might use the tools and the skills that you already have. It's just going to take you a little longer to overcome them. You might have to be a little more stealthy and maybe you're not used to being stealthy. And that's part of why I call this level up healing because of my love of video games and how you can just you learn the skills you get comfortable with it and then you level up. You go to the next level. You learn more skills. You, it becomes second nature and then you move up. So if you, if you have realized already through this, if you're watching this on YouTube, my background is all video games. I love Assassin's Creed. If you didn't know already, <laughs> but that's it. You're just going to learn the skills. I'm going to teach you the skills. I'm going to give you techniques to help you level up your life. So let's take our fucking power back. Let's overcome these obstacles. Let's be a badass bitch and level up our life. But before we go, I do want to give you a little bit of homework because I did ramble a little bit. I do, I'm do. i a rambler, so these episodes might be a little long. What I want you to do for the next week, I want you to pay attention to your thoughts. How are you talking to yourself? Are you your biggest cheerleader or your biggest critic? And this isn't to criticize you or for you to put yourself down. No, you want to be more aware to what you are saying to yourself. And remember that your life is a reflection of what you think, your beliefs, what you assume. So just pay attention. Are you constantly saying you can't do it? And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I I said that to myself all the time. It's okay, we all go through it and we're just like blown away. There's some things we say to ourselves, we would never say to another person. So pay attention to your thoughts, be aware, just be aware of your thoughts. You don't have to do anything, you could just pay attention, take note of it, or you can start flipping the thought, flip it to the opposite. So if you say I'm not enough, be like, yes, I am enough. You're, you know, even play a game that this is just your subconscious mind. I was like, okay, there's Susie again, just trying to keep me in this state. And that's all it is. Susie is just trying to keep you in the current state that you're in. And that's why you have all those thoughts. And because we kind of conditioned ourselves to be that way, unintentionally, a lot of times we can reprogram it. We can reprogram it and become a better version. It's easy. It's going to take time. And but it is doable. I truly hope you have a phenomenal day or evening or afternoon whenever you're watching this. And I will talk to you on the next one. Bye.